0: Dab, Abby and Matt for breakfast. Is Sweden getting it right? When many countries went into lockdown in March, Sweden didn't. It shouldn't be a model for the rest of the world.
1: Now, with Melbourne coming out of lockdown after a tough 12 weeks, I thought it might be interesting. There's pretty much two different ways to handle it. There's the lockdown that Dan Andrews did, and there's the herd uh, immunity, where you let it run through the community and hope that everyone gets immune from it. I reckon I've already had it. <laughs>
0: you I haven't, all- hey. I've <laughs> had it. Stop, Stop being special.
1: And one place that was held up as a shining example of that was Sweden, and everyone was pointing at them, going, they never locked down, and they seem to have it under control, yeah. but in the last few weeks, it has exploded over there, and there's a Brisbane guy who lives over there who um, is dealing with it and has actually had COVID himself, and he joins us now. Uh, David Stetson, Digital Health health entrepreneur. Morning David. Good morning. How are things in Sweden at the moment?
2: The cases are exploding. We just had two days in a row I think with the most number of new cases that we've had ever like even more than back in March and April.
0: When it first happened, and like we said, you guys didn't go into lockdown, you tried to do some sort of restrictions, but it was more like, hey, maybe don't socialise as much at pubs. But they were all still open. And I believe that you were trying to keep um, vulnerable people, like the elderly, at, at home. What about now? Is there any more restrictions now the numbers are going up, or is it still saying the same?
2: Almost the exact opposite. There's actually been a bit of a misunderstanding about what happened back in April, because Sweden put in all these recommendations, but in theory, they're actually obligations. You know, you are supposed to follow them. And so people did mostly follow them, and there were a lot of things put in. They cut down the crowd size down to 50, put in restrictions in restaurants. There are signs absolutely everywhere. So they like taped off bus drivers, and everyone had to get on buses in the back seats. Professional sports all shut down. So a lot more actually happened than people realize. But now it's on. Pretty shocked uh, because cases are exploding.
3: Now, we're, we're speaking to you not just because you're living over there, but you're a former public health epidemiologist and research scientist. The hardest yep. thing I think that there has been around coronavirus is. Um, How do you find the balance between keeping the economy alive and keeping lives alive? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we could shut everything down until we have a vaccine, but then there wouldn't be much life to go back to because everyone would have lost pretty much everything that they'd, they'd worked for. What would you say yep. we, we we do then, you know, because will we forever for the next three, four, five years be doing what Melbourne had to do, you know, like lockdown, open up, lockdown, open up? Because I feel like as humans, we're just going to get sick of that and be like, whatever, let it spread, let's see what happens.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but we will have a vaccine. We'll have multiple vaccines next year, before the middle of the year. You know, they had a, a vaccine developed for sars COVID-1, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't need it, so they, they stopped the trials. So we knew we were probably going to get a vaccine. There's 12 of them in stage 3 trials now, and historically, five out of every six vaccines that get to stage 3 get approved. So we're going to have vaccines. Mm. So what do you do? Well, if you look at this virus, it basically has a life cycle, you know, of around 10 to day, 10 days to two weeks. So if you basically lock down for four to six weeks properly, now that doesn't mean locking people in their homes. So decent restrictions, except for essential workers and stuff. You've basically gone through three three cycles of the virus. So anybody who's seriously ill is going to be in hospital. Everyone else is going to be better by then. So it's, the number of cases you're going to have will disappear. And then if you get little outbreaks then you you increase restrictions slightly.
3: What would you do in Queensland with the border situation if you were
2: here? Uh, I haven't actually had a look at it enough recently to answer that properly, but I think regional restrictions are the way to go, and that's what's starting to happen in Sweden now. So you can, for example, have stronger restrictions in Melbourne than you had in rural Victoria. Um, it was the right thing to close the borders just so you could control new cases coming in.
1: And you're, you're um, almost a victim of the herd immunity too, aren't you? Because you contracted coronavirus.
2: I <laughs> uh, wouldn't quite go that far because we got it very early. The whole family got it back in um, in March, actually. Oh, we, trendsetter. Uh, in April. Uh, whole family got sick. We all got better. A couple of weeks later, I'm out for a jog and I'm just like, I can't, and I had to stop and I've pretty much been sick ever since.
3: So you still uh, have it now?
2: it's It's improving a lot um it's very much goes in cycles, so I tend to have like four or five days good, then I'm having a couple of days where I, I really really struggle to breathe so at the moment I'm feeling pretty good actually
3: Wow
2: uh, I monitor my blood oxygen levels constantly mm-hmm. and um they're regularly still been dropping down uh below ninety four which is kind of where the clinical level of you know watch out to something going on here but it's, it's not fun, you don't want it
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's one of these things we always. Think, oh, well, you get over it, but we don't know the long term effects mm. from people. It's like we need to find a unicorn, someone who's, um, an economist, but it is also a specialist doctor and in and doesn't uh, care pandemics. About politics. No, do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> to try and get because we're always yeah. going to get different views, and then people get concerned about suicide rates. You know, with yeah. the way we're going, and we don't know how Australia's going to be once. Um...
2: Well, Victoria's already reported they they've, they haven't had an increase in suicide rates. New Zealand has said the same. Massachusetts has said the same. It hasn't happened. Uh, if you talk economy, Sweden's GDP has been done worse than Norway. You know, if we've got. They estimate 10 to 15% of people are getting this, what they call long COVID. Mm. If you got 6,000 people dead and like 100,000 Swedes reporting they've been sick for more than 10 weeks, what the hell is that going to do to your economy?
3: Um, well, uh, just for, from perspective here in Queensland, apparently they're making those decisions on the borders tomorrow, the day before our election, the announcement gets made. That's very so. interesting. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what happens there.
2: I think you guys can probably start opening up. Um, I wouldn't have done all the things you've done. You know, this virus doesn't spread outdoors, so what the Victorians did stopping people going outdoors so much, I don't think that's necessary. It likes indoors, dry, colder weather. I don't like talking that's about my, it doesn't like opinion. it does
0: like it. It makes it give it a personality. <laughs> it does. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't like the outdoors. But it like, doesn't like yeah. maps. Uh,
3: David uh, Stedson, you're a Brisbane boy, um, a former public health epidemiologist, research scientist. You're living over there in Sweden. Thanks for your insight as to what's uh, happening over there at the
2: moment. You're welcome.
0: Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast.